talk about revolution that's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Hello, and welcome once again to More Like the Worst Wing, the almost weekly podcast where occasionally we get together to <laughs> take a look at the Aaron Sorkin television classic, The West Wing, from a bit of a leftist socialist perspective here in the year of many people's lord 2019 i am Stu, and i am dave and today's episode is the 10th episode of the third season of the west wing h con 172 yes okay what an awful title <laughs> that only gets illuminated in like literally the last minute of the episode um but is referring to a bill uh, that is the main focus of this particular episode that starts off with uh, Leo getting a meeting uh, slash offer from Cliff Callie with uh, with Jordan, the attorney present, uh, where Cliff lays out what is going to be Leo's main decision to rest over for this entire episode, which is that they're willing to put an end to the entire MS hearing, Leo's part having Abby go up, you know, the whole rest of the meet the circus, they're willing to put a total end to it now if the president is willing to allow Congress to attempt a bipartisan vote on a bill that will pass to censure him. And if I'm not mistaken, that's what HCON 172 is Correct. referring to. Uh, but we only get the con part of it in the last minute as Bartlett does mm. his well actually to explain it. it oh shit, it is a you're right. Co- uh, con- uh, I forget the full word. It's a concurrence. Concur- it is a concurrent resolution. It is resolution, not a joint resolution. Yeah, it's not a joint resolution. So thus, it becomes HCON 172. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. It's so Sorkin-y to have it be like, well, actually, technically, it's a concurrent resolution. Rather than discuss like, the scope of what's just happened. Which, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, is ultimately a giant slap on the wrist. Yeah, so they come into this meeting... Come to this meeting, which is, you know, like, it's basically like a settlement here. Mm-hmm. It's sitting down with the, the opposing counsel and being like, what do you want? What do you need? And do we agree? And so it's Cliff Cali, some no-name E-list scale pay taken extra motherfucker who is in the entire scene. He is referred to once as counsel. And nods. And all and he does, does is speak. nod. <laughs> yeah, because we have to pay, we can pay them way less if they don't talk. <laughs> Exactly. So, and then they, Jordan, like, has a thing about the Capitol Police being there and sends them away because fuck them. Like, <laughs> even, and, even Jordan says, fuck the police. Mm hmm. And then we, and basically Leo flips out. He says, yeah. Oh my God, you're asking me to roll on Bartlett? Ah, bah, 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 bah. And gets into a whole thing about loyalty. And, and because basically they're like, they're like, why don't you just go to the president with this? And they're like, we think he'd like it better hearing it from you. <laughs> as opposed to hearing it from Republicans, even though Cl- yeah. Cliff is supposed to be the reasonable Republican that they love to work with. Well, so, well, I mean, and this is sort of, this is really the, the meat of the entire rest of the episode. We can talk about a couple other things. Right, but it's all agonizing really... about this decision that is put to him. Do we allow the censure to stop the hearing? And Leo being totally against it, and everyone else basically saying, Leo, you're being a stubborn idiot, and this is probably the best call. Yeah, so Jordan spends some time throughout the episode basically Being, like making extremely reasonable points. Yeah. Well, and, and frankly playing 
count literally playing counsel like yes. the counsel part of a lawyer is to be like i'm going to tell you what is in your best right, interest because good i'm a motherfucking professional right like, when, when they're offering you a deal this good it is in your lawyer's best interest to strongly advocate for you to take it yeah well and she also there's i mean there's a couple interactions that are just good as hell she reads out a bunch of other things that have been submitted as resolutions oh, I love of this. Congress. So it becomes a running year. And I'll, let me, Yeah, let me grab a clip. I'll put in a clip right here of like a couple of these example bills. Have a meeting. A resolution in support of Ohio's state motto. A resolution fostering friendship and cooperation with the people of Mongolia. I have a meeting. A resolution recognizing the contributions of Bristol, Tennessee to the development of country music. I'm sorry, I have a budget meeting. A resolution in support of Little League Baseball. Jordan, a resolution recognizing this isn't that. <laughs> it's, it's and it like, just becomes this running gag of we cut back to Leo's office and she's still reading out yeah. these <laughs> increasingly worthless resolutions just to make the point of like what a slap on the wrist nothing forgotten thing this will become or it's like then the examples are great you heard a couple of them but it's the equivalent of like you know voting the chipmunk as New Hampshire's official <laughs> state animal or something right. it's like oh my god the procedural things that just have to get done Mm-hmm. And that all, mm-hmm. or basically all Congress can get done these days. Yeah, and so the 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 objection to this seems to be premised almost entirely on Leo's like pathological loyalty. loyalty and sort of wanting to bring the process into the sunlight to show that they have done nothing wrong? I, I don't even know it's that. I think it's just that Leo's all wrapped up on this. No, I, you know, we can't make a deal because I'm the weak link, you know? I think that's what, it's really guilt manifesting, where he thinks yeah. he's the weak link because his alcoholism is going to be the thing that, you know, really pushes this thing into a full-blown media circus. Yeah, so it seems like he's he's fixated almost unfairly on the idea that, like, the only way that a bad thing would happen to the president is if Leo's details about his alcoholism in that meeting came into the light, when that is already patently untrue. Right. We're already in the process of these hearings. You could probably just steamroll right past Leo. Just leave Leo the fuck out. Right. You know, and and get to the other testaments and witnesses. uh, From the conversation Abby had with Oliver Babish, it seems like Abby's testimony could be actually very damning for the Bartlett's in, in getting the media circus at least excited, even though it's not, it doesn't have anything related to do specifically with MS. But as evil well, Republican told us, the point of these hearings is to win, not to, uh, not to prove a legal case. Yeah. And so the, it just, it becomes a fundamental just contradiction of the character himself because leo is so dedicated to i mean he phys- he says it out loud that he wants to take a bullet mm-hmm. for the president but and ultimately also, the president is the one telling him at the end that hey we're gonna do the deal <laughs> well but i think that leo is also just obsessed with the concept of respecting the process and working with these moderate republicans or like the reasonable republicans or whatever maybe it's even that. though but even though there's no way, and we were talking about this right before the show, like, there's no way that you can do that. Right. Like, there's no there's no bullet for you to take 
my man. Right. If anything, it's um, just going to make it worse for everyone if you go and testify and they drag out all the alcohol stuff back into the limelight. Uh, like he said, you know, Jordan lays Jesus out Christ. many excellent reasons why this will go bad for Leo. Like he could, he'll probably lose his job as chief of staff if it, you know, sparks a whole new scandal again of, oh, blah, 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 you know. It's so many bad things, and again, the only punishment downside to taking the deal is the effective slap on the wrist censure, where nothing happens, Bartlett continues to be president, literally nothing else happens. Yeah, and so we then get a the couple more interactions of these people, and it turns out that fucking <laughs> Shifty Cliff Callie here calls Donna from <laughs> another like deliberately from, portrayed from the shadowy light room, <laughs> like to to call Donna to say you need to come meet with me so that we can figure out a way to make the deal Leo happen. Take this deal, yeah. and so they meet up, and Donna and him have this kind of clandestine talk. And she realizes what's going on and realizes what happened in the hearing room when the recess was called. Mm-hmm. And is like, oh my gosh, it was you. Oh, Cliff Kelly, you're so handsome. Like, just, I... Now, for the record, I don't think they end up hooking up anymore after this or anything. But yeah, she totally gives them like the, oh, you're such a good Republican. Yeah, and again, we've already sort of explicated how that's an, a, a fucking myth um, to to begin with, but it's just it. This is this is largely incoherent because even the president is sitting here being like, eh. "Yeah, sounds good," you know, like I probably, you know, I fucked up, I lied, you know, <laughs> like he's willing to admit it, even. Like, and and, there's that element that Leo doesn't even consider, like, that they were on the moral wrong. In fact, he vehemently denies it over and over, where he's like, well, you're gonna call this president a liar? He never lied! And it's like, no, he he did lie. <laughs> a lie of omission yeah. is still a lie, Leo. <laughs> well, and so, and this actually wraps nicely up into sort of, like, I mentioned that the only reason I recognize the quotes that Richard, so there's a scene in, in The Oval Office where Richard Schiff says sorry oh, yes. that's toby ziegler yes says to the president that hey your favorite movie was on last night i was watching it and i thought it was particularly apt because he quotes a couple lines that are delivered in the movie is the lion in winter which is about um king richard the second or something it's it's like an adaptation of a play mm-hmm, that was very mm-hmm. famous it was anthony hopkins big break into shakespearean acting and stuff and so it's about basically being like you have to whatever scrap of dignity you have left is worth preserving is like the lesson of the thing. Yeah. And Bartlett's like, yeah, uh, but eh, yeah, I I mean, well, the, the, you know, the, the line is when the fall is all that's left, the fall matters a great deal, but that implies that the Bartlett presidency has nothing left to do, but fall over. Now, in reality of the show, (laughs) they basically do do that. But, uh, you know, in in the Bartlett's mind, I assume he realizes he has many, many more, you know, things to accomplish and is not, you know, in the fall of his presidency. And therefore, this this doesn't count as a fall. And that's kind of like, actually, like they, they, we have actually had very little gaming out of, okay, if this thing happens, 
then what? Of if the censure then, happened, yeah. What are the yeah, actual if consequences? It's like what are the actual consequences? Well, because Leo I think lays your it out. Correct. He's like, like he's like they get to go on the floor and they get to call the president a liar and it gets recorded for all time. <laughs> like that. That's the stakes. The, that's the consequences. And and I mean, come on, we're we're drawing a parallel with someone who's about to be executed. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude. Yeah. This this is not. We're not even clear. We're, you know. we're not gonna all die. We're all way different ends of the scale here. <laughs> yeah, here. So this is sort of like the the thing really? that goes through the episode, yeah. and it's, I it's just really boring. It's mine for drama when there's really none to be found because it sounds like, and it's such a simple conclusion, and ultimately it goes the way you think it would. Like, oh man, this sounds like a too good to be true deal. Let's take it. All right, done. Yep. Nice and tidy, and then, and oh, what's got, there's just more insufferable shit at the end of the episode where Bartlett and Leo kind of brow out over what the eventual implications of the censure will be, and then we get some just, like, very early aughts, profound staring into the distance with a slow dolly zoom out <laughs> on the backs of their heads, like, looking out the balcony of the Oval Office. Great men and thinking just like, great thoughts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very much that, like, yeah. It's you know, very. It's is, a Boston. Um, was uh, Boston legal? Was it? Was the one with Shatner and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, a little, lots of those episodes with them with them on the balcony just smoking cigars and and thinking and it's very much that kind of an ending. Yeah, yeah. It's anyway. So let's uh, take a brief break and we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the um, side plots. Less. <laughs> plot critical elements but definitely it's probably more infuriating elements of this episode <laughs> So the other, I wouldn't call it major subplot, but the other thing that happens in this episode, not related to the Leo uh, decision, is that Josh basically goes up to Toby and is like, hey, I need an in to go flirt with Amy Gardner. Give me something that, like, her organization and the White House have been sparring about. And and there's a funny little back and forth where Toby's like, there's really nothing. We've yeah. actually given them basically everything they wanted. <laughs> Women's groups love us. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're all good right now, funny enough. They're not, they're actually not mad. And he's like, oh, but I need them to be mad so I can flirt because I'm weird and I can't just like go flirt on my or, own or like time. Make a, make a phone call. Yeah, which she, later on Amy will directly call him out yeah. on. <laughs> like, you could have just called and asked me out, you dingus. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so finally he gets a, a stupid bugaboo about like, oh, there's a 500K. We didn't promise them for a study. Aha, I have my thing. And he runs off and he calls up Amy. He's like, hey, we should meet up for a drink. 
And she's like, yeah, I have a date, but I can squeeze you in after, which I kind of like that, like, it throws him off his game entirely. Oh, absolutely. As as she drops that in there. Because Josh is the most solipsistic motherfucker I've right. ever He's seen like, oh, other, for television. Other men, yeah. other men exist and might be, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, yep. So they, they meet up at this point bar or whatever and it is uh they're at the ritz carlton like i have just to say this is the ultimate lib fantasy is like this whole interaction where like this is what every obama boy who ended up being a staffer in dc who was fucking mainlining their west wing dvds every weekend was imagining that they would be doing is like being in a suit in the fucking ritz carlton bar lobby fucking going up to hot ass amy gardner looking all fine in her opera gown and and laying the mac down yeah and being like don't you want a big political exactly (laughs) don't you want a bit of this this power you can see right here you can tell i'm powerful because i've got a big coat and it's like yeah okay now to be fair to josh it doesn't it both works and doesn't work in the moment it does not work (laughs) and and she calls him out on it uh quite nicely and i'll say that that they're they're writing back and forth is a insufferable but b amy also gets to get some good points in well and i think so I, yeah when i i i bolded insufferable in my notes because it is <laughs> it's very it's, it's all very insufferable the, um, particularly on josh's end though the the i think the sentiments expressed are good in like what you said that amy clearly has the upper hand the entire time and gives as good as she gets and that kind of thing like that's all good but holy christ and i i love the actual meat of what's happening is yeah like and i love mary louise parker and she's a great actress but like it is worse than normal she's wearing this like half smirk the entire time that makes her right and I, i wrote it down it she looks like amy fucking klobuchar in this entire scene she's got the dreamworks face um it is just like she's sitting there and to be fair dropping owns on josh because he deserves them yes but it's just so much of it is you would never say this you would never say any of this shit out loud right humans don't talk this yeah way. if yeah if, if you are if you are amy gard and frankly i'm gonna, again i'm gonna draw a parallel with my wife here my wife is basically amy gardner and she would just be like okay I'll see you next week. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll make uh, some time to meet next week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's just like, uh, and then we, we do get to, uh, to invoke the, the magical phrase. (laughs) Political capital. capital. (laughs) 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 Yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't enough of it to accomplish, you know, whatever. (laughs) That's the best excuse of all time. Yeah. No political capital. We just build up enough. You know what? Next time we got to really make sure we build up more political capital, you guys. (laughs) One day this political capital spirit bomb is going to work. One day. Oh my God. It's going to be so huge. And then we can just accomplish whatever we want. Yay. And then like. I'm so, I'll be excited for that day. Yeah. We'll we'll destroy. political capital dam finally bursts. (laughs) We'll destroy political Majin Buu and like the world will live in harmony. And like. Right. But then, uh, like, but so then, uh, even though this all fails, uh, later Josh gets called away with you know a phone call yeah, related oh. to the Leo thing, I believe actually. No, but because Donna snitches on the meeting. Oh with right, because well, Donna gets yeah. So the Cliff Cali thing is happening at the same time this is going on. Yep. And so as soon as Donna's done with Cliff, she calls Josh right away, and that's the call that gets him away from uh, Amy Gardner. 
um, which then, you know, but then she uh, waits out on his stoop for him to come home at the end of the night, and they have a little meet-cute, and they kiss, and it's very romantic, or whatever. Yeah, and the thing with when Donna calls is actually a really nice touch. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm off the rails about this whole interaction, but when Donna calls, they specifically cut to... Mary Louise Parker's face when Josh mentions her name, Donna's name, mm. and she does like a little side cast, like downward glance. And it's perfect because Mary Louise Parker is a fantastic actress. And it's like, this is exactly how this has played out because you're both horny for each other, but it's also clear that Josh is horny for Donna. And like, okay, good, good work. Like, right. Whew. Um, yeah. Yeah. And well, it's a well, a well done, subtle bit of acting that doesn't <sighs> come from the writing, which is bad. And then she just shows up on his stoop, and then like, they, they make they make out. Like, they, okay. they, you know, he's like makes an apology or whatever, and they're like, and she's like, just be straight with me, and he says, okay, I will, and I guess they're dating now or something. <laughs> it's, I and look, I mean, I appreciate um, agency. TV. <laughs> like I, I'm I fully vest both partners in a given relationship with complete agency over each other, but it's just like sure. again. No real person right. would it's, act like know, this. TV, you know, t- if you're looking for TV for how relationships are supposed to work, you're looking in the wrong place, folks. And this is, again, a Sorkin pathology that we are very familiar yeah. with. Yeah, this is, and again, this is a very Sorkin-esque fantasy of just like, ah, uh, but I get the girl anyway, <laughs> yeah. despite despite her getting in it's, all these, like, barbs at my sexism. Like one, one of those uh, black and white clips in the made-for-TV commercials. It's very, this Amer- it's very the American president. Um, oh. Because mm-hmm. I, had, I hadn't watched that until we started doing this, and you were like, you should watch it. And I was like, okay, so I did. And their whole relationship is very, like, she, you know, she gives as good as she gets. And it's like, oh, but I'm going to keep making the sexist jokes just as long as you keep ribbing back at me. And, like, that's what Sorkin's idea of a good time is. <laughs> yeah. and, and the idea of a good time that everybody, like, wants to fuck at the end <laughs> that, of instead of is really yeah. angry about. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we did right, it, let's fam. Take- <laughs> Let's take another quick break, and then we're going to get into a couple other side bits uh, that have a lot of comedic uh, potential uh, that um, sadly goes unexplored. Another thing happens of this episode is that much like uh, a, a warning or whatever the fuck these tell-alls that get dropped in the Trump era uh, from that come from inside the White House, we have the West Wing's own version of an inside the White House gossip expose entitled uh, "The Camera Doesn't Lie." Um, which is Sam has an advanced copy of, and it drops in three weeks. And Sam is freaking the fuck out about all the all the claims in this book. 
uh, and is like, okay, I've assembled a fucking crack team. We're going to go through the book. We're going to disprove everything point by point uh, because Sam is having a poster meltdown, essentially. (laughs) Sam is the most not mad it is possible to be, and he's going to demonstrate how not mad he is by, like, Literally convening hundreds of hours of White House staff time to, <laughs> to do it. Yeah. So he, the, we keep cutting back to him just like, and, you know, we hear a couple quotes from the book. They're not even that bad. There's just one that calls Toby, like, curmudgeonly and prickly, yeah. which he takes offense <laughs> to. Which he clearly uh, is. Come on. There's a, there's a nice little bit here in the initial uh, book scene where they're talking about the book where uh, Janny and Schiff do some physical acting with leaning around around a light oh, mm-hmm. to make their lines, and it works a nice comedic beat. I just want to call that out because there's, there's another moment later on with the same subplot. Um, where, where they're in uh, CJ's office, right? Right. Well, uh, well, with the map, actually. So oh. we'll, we'll talk about that okay. with the map subplot. But uh, uh, I'll call that out when we get to that. So, yeah. So toward the end of the... They get to CJ's office at the end. Sam is still... On I'm posting tirade. through it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to post through all, all of these lies. He is Adam Pachinko wrong. machine right now. like, <laughs> And he's just going nuts. And then CJ just does this nice little... Boy, boy, crazy boy. Be cool, cool boy. So this is something that um, this is a reference to West Side Story, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I I made I was noting this as we were watching as being like the the perfect intersection of like everybody knows vaguely of what reference she's making, and right. it is like boomer perfect sort <laughs> yeah, of to what, be yeah. like this is something that you know, is, is ours culturally, even though I think the show was written in like 1958. So hmm. like boomers were at most 12 years old. Anyway, um, it is a it is a intersection of a cultural reference within this show that I feel is pitched perfectly to strike at the audience. Right. And, you know, their kids will, you know, their kids will get it too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, CJ's like, okay, so here's the secret to when someone posts a bunch of shit at you. Uh, you post Goatsy at them, and you go Lamau, and you block them. Yeah. <laughs> and she's she's basically like, Sam, the response is not to just like refute line by line. You fucking ignore the shit out of it. And you're like, oh, we haven't read that book. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I don't I don't read books. Like, boom, like people job who publish. Done. People who write books seem like like nerds. Like I'm out here yeah. writing policy, and I just don't have time to read books because yeah. I'm so busy being great. Uh, I'm sorry, you said that was from a fired White House photographer. Well, guess why he was fired? That's yeah. right, Mike dropped. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He uh, doesn't have a job anymore, does he? So yeah, it's like, <laughs> you have a note it's like, here. Where it's like C- CJ knows that this is such a nothing thing, and but she lets see like I kind of like that she lets Sam worry about mm-hmm. it all day. <laughs> like I think that's what Sam needs something to worry about, or else he's gonna like actually fuck something up. Well, so we mean, have to kind of give him. It's kind of like Donna with the satellite. You know, this is their version, CJ's version of that. Well, yeah, and in I think in the show's kind of idiom, Sam is the onlineist of them like sam is the guy who picks up on every little thing and then right. flips the fuck out about like, everything we're thing. being attacked yeah <laughs> he, he needs to uh you know log off and, and come back on an alt 
or something and <laughs> just like cool the fuck down. Oh man. Uh, so yeah. Well, and you so said CJ slaps some sense into him, mm-hmm. and then so meanwhile, our fourth thing and final thing that happens is. Charlie finds a old map of Palestine from 17069, something like that, mm-hmm. 1700s. And uh, the pa- the president, of course, is a old map enthusiast because why wouldn't he be? <laughs> and, Look, uh, I, lo- I love maps, don't get me wrong, but I also view maps in a historical materialism and marxist no no he gets excited like yeah he gets excited for very few things uh like his turkey basting recipe uh uh, but uh so he gets super excited about this map what i find weird is even though he's so excited about this hundred year old map he manhandles it like i handled my college dorm posters yeah oh my god he's he's just just like like, fucking wrapping it up and rolling it up all i'm like dude that's hundreds year old (laughs) parchment He, like, rolls it up. In one scene, he rolls it up, and he, like, grips it in his fist and gestures with it as he's crushing it between yeah. his thumb and index finger. Jesus Christ, that thing's <laughs> as old as the Constitution. Fucking yeah. older. Like, be be gentle. Yeah, well, and the thing that eventually, the, the conflict around it is that even though Charlie has brought him this wonderful gift, he would like to hang it on the White House equivalent of his refrigerator. Um, yeah. But also... <laughs> He everybody he tells that he's going to put it up somewhere in the White House is like you can't. No, do that. you can't do that. <laughs> the political implications would be insane because the map doesn't, as they all say, the map does not recognize Israel. To which Bartlett replies, "But of course, there was yeah. no Israel in 1706 <laughs> or nine or whatever. Israel only came to existence in the 40s." And he, and he's absolutely correct. Oh, of course he's 100% correct, but they are also correct in that he can't put mm-hmm. it up on the goddamn wall because you're the fucking president. Like, he this very president dad energy going on here with like, oh, Charlie found something, I'm gonna pin it up on the wall. Like, you can't, it's not your house, Bartlett. Like, you can't just, everything you do has a political connotation to it. You're the goddamn president. Yeah, and I mean, we're we're talking about this being like sort of a posters thing now. It's like, imagine the level of scrutiny that is leveled against like Donald Trump, like shitting his pants during a press conference now. And it's like, if people care about that, imagine what would happen if you had a press conference with a map of let's call it Palestine in the background. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's just like, uh, he decide he tries to be all like, Oh, but no, fuck the political implication. I'll do it anyway. Until finally, I forget who I think Charlie and it's a combo of Charlie and CJ just smack enough sense into him where he's like, fine, I'll just, I guess I could just put it up in my own, one of my own many houses. (laughs) Like, like Bernie oh, Sanders, ooh, ooh. I have multiple houses in which to yeah. hang things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> so it's it's just stupid. Uh, but uh, it does lead me to the second shout out of the... Uh, so CJ is... A couple people come into Bartlett's office to refute some of the dumb claims from the book. And one of the things that CJ decides to refute is that he wore some sort of special underwear that would help you make boys if you were having a, ah, yes. trying to conceive a child. <laughs> And so there's a great moment here where she, uh, as she's leaving the room, so she's like, so you didn't wear the special underwear? And Charlie, who is now in the room, having not heard the beginning of the conversation, gets a great react moment where the camera soft rack focuses back out to him just in time to capture his reaction. And again, like the light thing earlier, I just like these nice little director moments 
that we get here that are separate from the writing that kind of elevate it to a, to a new level to make the most use of the television medium. I always appreciate that. Yeah, and it, there, there are thoughtful touches. Uh, and I'm, I, always, I always want to slash need to check to be like, was this a Sorkin written and directed? I checked. It, okay. was, it was Sorkin written. It was not Sorkin directed. Okay. He didn't direct many. If any, okay. I yeah, think. I think because yeah, at that point he wasn't cutting his. But this was a hundred percent Sorkin okay. written, no co-writers, no nothing. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah, and I don't know the these two interactions were like the vast majority of seeing the president. Right. In this episode. In this particular episode. Like, uh, and then the little bit with Leo he has at the very very end. And I guess that's okay. It's just like. I, I don't know the the drama being driven around his presumed reactions, and this is sort of a, I'm, right. I'm, considering this is a censure of the president, you would think we would hear more from him on it. Yeah, or even it's the main meat of the episode surrounds it. Yeah, or even by implication of like be reminded that he is a character in this like yeah. in this interaction. You this know? feels like one that was filmed when like a few people were on vacation yeah. or something, and like you know we didn't have time to get everyone <laughs> together for like a big scene where all our mains interact. Yeah, and yeah, again, it's it and just, overall just a very bad episode, very boring. God, this episode was boring. Low stakes, low like low to no stakes, and I think that's you know even. Even if the stakes are stupid, as long as they're there, it gives us something to latch onto as viewers. There was some... The only thing that sort of expressly, politically pissed me off this time around, there was some reference, and I, <laughs> the, the note I have says, Lamau balanced budgets, lol, fiscal hawks, Lamau eat shit. <laughs> and I don't even know what the context of it was. Um, it might have been something to do with... Um, the, the money they were giving the women or something, the women's groups. Or like the the Josh, and also, okay, so sort of along this line, Josh says, in relationship to the women's groups being happy with the administration, he says, the first thing he says is, they're happy with the budget surplus? Who fucking cares? Josh, who gives a single fucking shit about the budget surplus? Are you fucking kidding me? You're the deputy chief of staff to the president of the United States. Who gives a shit? Oh my god. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, uh, I th- th- think the president has an economic meeting at some point where he talks about wanting to pay down a trillion dollars. Yes, of that's debt. it. That's it. And He's that's, like, that's probably where that came from. Ugh. And it's uh, just, every time it comes up, it just, it's like a dart into my brain. I can't get it out. It's just like, ugh. But that's literally the only <laughs> politics the episode mentions at yeah. all, aside from the whole censure thing, which is barely political and is only political in the sense of it will be a footnote in history, which is ultimately all it will be for this fictional Bartlett administration. And so the conclusion is, at the end of the day, is that they say, okay. Go with the censure, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Just so we yeah, get that, that on record. They take like, the, oh yeah, they take the deal. Okay. So know, that is that and, is officially we don't even, moving. I don't to. think we even see it happen, or it might happen very next episode. I forget, mm-hmm. but either way, it, it does not materially affect the Bartlett administration in any way, shape, or form. Uh, by no means later on do they say, oh, we're having a tough time passing this bill because he got censured yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> like, you know, I think we're, if anything, he's about to win re-election very soon. Spoilers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> the show the show keeps going, Keeps folks. going. <laughs> and, if, and, and what are we here if not to suffer through it? 
Yes. So with that in mind, I think that's about it for this week. Pretty much. a quickie because fucking nothing happened. My God. Yeah, it's a real boring one. Feel free. If you're doing a watch along along with us, A, God bless you. B, feel free to skip this one. It's, it's <laughs> Sorry if it's too watching, late. Really. Unless you're really, really into uh, Josh and Amy. <laughs> yeah, because they do, you know. If, Josh slash Amy. <laughs> if, if you're an Amy Gardner fan, you know, it's, it's a good one. So, mm. yeah. Um, Donna wears a cute scarf. <laughs> you, you, you called her a snack. I, I think Amy Gardner is the real snack in this episode. Yeah, she is, she is wearing that opera dress. That's right, going to the opera, fully, fully, I don't know, robustly clothed, <laughs> just killer outfits. And Josh is in his frumpy old camel overcoat. It's like I'm you out of date. Like, I do like the catty moment she has with the waitress, who's like, sure, <laughs> and she's like, she like mocks it, like sure. <laughs> Yes, very catty because Josh is clearly sort of flirting with the waitress or being nice yeah. to the waitress. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's it for the show this week. There's a lot of fucking political stuff going on this week that we won't waste any time on. But basically, Bernie's winning. Bernie's winning. Bernie's surging. Um, don't Kamala believe the headlines. Out. Yeah, oh yeah, Kampala dropped out. <laughs> officer down. Yeah, officer 10, down. 10 20, 10 20, officer pre- down. Press an F. <laughs> F's out in chat. <laughs> Uh, as always, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. We will be back at some point. The holidays are obviously a little weird, so our scheduling may be a little weird throughout the month of December. But we'll do our best to get some content from our mouths to your ears very soon. Uh, you can drop us a comment in our thread. Uh, or if you found us a different way and have no idea what thread we're talking about, first off, hello, welcome. And if you Join like something to awful. Us, Contribute to the Spine like to Fund. Sh- yeah, if you would like to uh, to shoot us an email at theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Ah, nice. Nice, you can do that. And we will see you the next time uh, on another Worst Wing. Bye-bye. Bye. And I'll Bye. send all the money you ask for, but don't ask me to come on along. So love me, love me, love me, I'm a liberal.